Well, right. you said you could bleep it. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, we we, we can. I'm just we're, we're he's gonna have to edit out a lot on this, but that's okay. It's because we suck. I get it. Thursday, August 6th, we enjoyed the longest break we've taken in podcast history. We hope you didn't miss us too much, and we are refreshed and ready to put another one out there, another classic episode today. We are, of course, the Real Bros of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Rhodes, joined by Joey Will, the kit to my cat in one of the most famous breaks of all time. So, I know it's like left side Twix, right side Twix, but can I be like the left side of the packet, and you're the right side of the packet, or do you like the left side, and I have to take the right? I'm good either way. I can be either Kit Kat. So you can you can take whichever one you want. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm going to go with the right side then. Yeah. So again, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us via Instagram or Twitter at marketing underscore HSHS. Uh, you can also reach out to us via email with any ideas or questions you have for us. So we have not met together in a week. You want to give the listeners a highlight of your, a brief highlight of your week off? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of been like every other uh, week, but honestly, um, next week, unfortunately for all the, the podcast listeners, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be the roads for next week. So we might only have one podcast uh, next week, depending on how we can set up the schedule. But um, in order to prepare for our upcoming semester, I've actually been doing some educational classes that are required of us as teachers. So instead of me being around next week for teacher work days, I'm going to go ahead and knock some of that stuff out. So that's actually what I've been doing with our days off is I've actually been doing some work to get us to get ready for the school year. So um, I'm sure you've enjoyed this week uh, so far more than I have. Um, But I'll let you talk a little bit about your vacation before we move on to our uh, special guest for today's podcast. Yeah, it was fun to go up to Delaware to see my dad. Uh, Did not get in all of the usual stuff that we do. spent a lot of time just kind of hanging out at the house and stuff, but it was still, still good to get to hang out with them for a week and stuff. Uh, and yeah, kind of, you bring up a good point about how school starting up next week. Uh, we have yet to decide what our podcast schedule is going to be during school. I think we're going to be a little bit busier this fall, uh, actually teaching than we were in the spring. Uh, so I'm not sure how that's going to affect our schedule. We will let you guys know if we're going to stick with the two podcasts a week or have to pare it down to one. Uh, so we will, we will see what happens when school starts and how busy we actually are. Well, I think, you know, this week we're doing a podcast on a Thursday. Next week, we're definitely going to be able to do Monday and then maybe not do one the rest of the week. So I think we're trying to get you guys used to once a week podcasting because potentially we might have to go that route. But hopefully we can continue to do multiple episodes a week. We just might have to cut down the time frame because I enjoy this, man. I enjoy the five months of podcasting that we've been able to get in together. And I hope that we have five more beautiful months ahead. I hope so also. Uh, and again, just because we're only doing this once a week, we already taped our segment with our guests and uh, we are giving you a supersized episode. This might even be longer than two usual podcasts. So it's one less thing on your podcast stream, but you might have the same amount of listening time. Uh, it's great. They, they, they talk about a lot of good stuff, but uh, this, was, this is not a brief podcast for us. To kind of to refresh your memory from last Thursday, uh, I won a super close draft of countries you want to visit, 53 to 47%. Uh, it might have been one of our closest drafts ever. Yeah, I think that I think this is like the one draft where regardless of us competing, I think we both chose like eight countries that we we both, you know, want to go visit and travel and traveling anywhere is is an awesome experience. So, even though I lost, 
I, I hope that everybody gets an opportunity to travel some, sometime in the near future out of the country and, and to, to experience some of the things that we've already experienced, um, but maybe visit some of the countries that we threw out there. So I hope everybody enjoyed that draft. And even though I lost, you know, hopefully COVID dies down and next year everybody gets the opportunity to travel. Yeah, for sure. So coming up next, like Rhodes said, we have a very long segment uh, when we bring on two former Holly Spring graduates, Olivia Flanagan and Sydney Sizemore. Next time you visit the beaches of Delaware, make sure to stop by the best little beach town in the world, Bethany Beach, Delaware, the family beach. Because you're in Delaware, tax-free shopping. Besides for all the great restaurants, the best place to stop in Bethany Beach is at Rhodes 5 and 10. It's been over 50 years in Bethany for the 5 and 10, which is the lowest prices on umbrellas and chairs in the entire region. Not to mention everything else you might need for your beach trip, from hardware essentials to puzzles, games, t-shirts, toys, and more. If Rhodes 5 and 10 doesn't have it, then you don't need it. When you stop by the score, store, ask for Steve Rhodes and mention this podcast to get 10% off your purchase. When thinking of guests to book for our podcast, I'm like the distracted boyfriend meme, always looking back at the greatest graduating class in Holly Springs history, the class of 2017, for some people to talk to and hang out with on our podcast. But they're the best for a reason, and we have two more great guests from that class on today. We are very excited to have on Olivia Flanagan, former History Club and GLAX All-Star, who currently attends App State, and Sydney Sizemore, one of Will's former soccer players, who is currently at NC State. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to be here. I'm nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about to say, you're giving Sydney too much credit being one of my former players. That's all. She's, that was Miller's former player. He was my little buddy. Uh, I I was not your little buddy. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I was not your buddy out there on the soccer field. But yes, I was the assistant coach. (laughs) You coached her on JV though, right? Yeah, I did. But like we've talked about this on the podcast before. I, I do little coaching with the JV women's team. Little coaching. It's more about just like having fun. So maybe that's going to transition well to the podcast. Yeah, I heard in one of the podcasts that you were like roasting the girls team. Oh, I was. The the podcast about the when we did the best ath- or best athlete and then we did the best team bracket, I definitely roasted the women's team because I was like, how did a team that didn't even win a playoff game get voted best team over a team that almost made to a state championship. So I was a little salty about that, but I've moved on. I'm in a better mood. That was like a month and a half ago. We're, we're almost, you know, getting to the school year. So I'm back in my, that was my, actually, my like, nice mood. That was like three months ago. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. That was like three months ago. Yeah. yeah three months, month and a half. Like, like we talked about off uh, camera. I'm losing time, dude. I don't even know what day it is, what time it is. It's just time kind of just gets, you know, brought together. And this is really the only thing that's like a normal part of my day is the podcast. So let's get it rolling. So with that, we're going to start. Uh, we're going to kind of bring you guys on and, and bring you back to the, the high school glory days. Um, obviously, this year's seniors class probably won't have the full experience because of COVID-19 impacting the fall semester. Um, but what were some of y'all's best highlights from your senior year when you were at Holly Springs High School? Ooh, senior year? Ooh. Yes, you guys can say the same answer at the same time yeah, I have a for the rest of the podcast. I don't, 
I have a lot from junior year, but you, seniors well, from senior year. I think year. some of the coolest things about te- obviously the history club field trip got a shout out. The amount of times a week I have to hear about this stupid field trip is ridiculous. Ava Rhodes, Ava tells me about this one joke that made you laugh. Do you remember it? It was no, the guy Fieri joke, no, and she tells me about it every time we see it, or like we we talk about it. No, it was. Do you like, remember, even remember that? Do you joke? know what I'm talking about, Mister? I know the story. I, I, I mean, I know that like uh, Olivia and Ava like brought it up before, and so I know it's like a joke that we have. But I don't remember that specific joke, but I'm, I'm sure it was very funny. We were we were like walking somewhere, and there was one of those big like like a catering van, and Ava was like. Look, it's Guy Ferrari and Rhodes. Like, nobody laughed because it wasn't funny. And, but Rhodes just stopped and, like, put his hands on his knees and, like, dying laughing. And that's that's been the highlight of the her life since then. I've never had. She's um, like, I made a joke to Rhodes and he laughed. <laughs> Cool. So, I mean, she's right. That joke is hilarious. Like, I just died laughing thinking about it now again, so. I will say some of my best moments were when the men's baseball team, they were on a roll, and Roads would drive the bus, and we we went to Wilmington, and then we went to Greenville. Went to Greenville, yeah. yeah that was so much fun. Why were you on the bus? It was like a little spirit bus. Everyone was on it. You had to be there. I wasn't invited. The, stu- <laughs> the students were allowed to get on the bus, so they didn't have to drive to the playoff games, right? Yeah. yeah. So like we took like a bus full of like students to Greenville, uh, and then like to Wilmington like the next week. So it was, it was very. I think fun. my favorite moment of that was when we mercy. What is it? Rose J R Rose J H Rose. Yeah. J H Rose. And we mercyed them, and we had to walk out of the parking lot, and the police had to, like, escort us, kind of, because everyone was so mad at us, because we were not being nice people during the game, you know, whatever. Shocker. Yeah, if you can imagine, some of the fans were being a little bit obnoxious, uh, yeah. some of our students. Again, it's surprising, I know. Uh, I, right. I've, we've, when I was in high school, we had to travel to Rose to play them in a playoff game, and their fans are awful. But I can only imagine our fans mixed with their fans. Probably was not the, uh, the safest environment. It was explosive. All right, so Cindy, what about your junior year highlights? So what are some of your, your high school highlights in general? We both have the same junior year highlight. It was the <laughs> Fuqua game when we beat them. That was literally the best ever. So the playoff game. I think it was the second round. It was second round of the playoffs against Fuqua. It was junior year. I had – You're talking about the you're talking about the soccer game. Yeah, soccer. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't – So yeah, I yeah, I yeah, yeah, clarify the sport. Yeah, I had the Holly Springs Twitter account. Don't ask why. I literally don't know. I just had it. And I was like, let's do a little theme for the away game. So we did blackout theme. And to this day, I'm like, the greatest sports moment I've ever seen in the history of my life is that freaking women's high school soccer game against Fuquay and watching Ellis tear her knee apart. Just to shred. Just rolled off the people. Like a little tortilla. Oh, God. (laughs) No, that was the best. I don't need to laugh, but that's funny. A little tortilla. But Cindy and I were we were talking today. We were like, what like what are our favorite things about high school, whatever? And I was telling you about that playoff game and she was like, Yeah, did you know I scored like the final PK? And I was like, I had I never get recognition for this. Nobody knows anything about this. Now's your chance. Oh talk about it. (laughs) You actually played in the game. So like how what was that like for you? Like your sport is that your sports highlight, like that was definitely it. And also beating Fuquay because they're the worst. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? You never yeah. said Fuquay. You said the orange team. Oh, the that. orange team. The team don't. Yeah, Miller, the orange team. The orange Did team. Does he still make people not say the word Fuquay? Well, I, yeah, a little bit. I think it's a lot to do with just the fact that 
the the men's teams not as bad as they were like the attitudes on the men's teams not that bad because they the the talent levels kind of dropped off with them but the women's team just kind of has that arrogance about them and when you got when Winning is I remember that season because that was the year that they had Kelly Suggs in the middle and they had Megan Green up top so they had two division 1 athletes on the team that played at UNC what was it Ash no they, yeah Charlotte yeah. and Stacked, stacked two players. I mean, those two players were unbelievable players. And yeah. they thought they were just going to come through and roll through us. And it was at their place. And I remember that game, too, because when the PK went in, like, all the players ran towards MD. And then the fans ran on the field. And then me, and that was with uh, Kyle. Kyle was helping out with the, the women's team that season. So me and Kyle just, like, jumped up and, like, hugged each other instead of running after the PK takers. We just hugged each other and we caught it on film. So everybody kind of makes fun of me and Kyle being buddies because we shared that, that hug, that embrace during that game. So I remember that quite well. Mm -hmm. All because of Sydney's big goal. So Sydney, I wanted to bring up another memory for you. I wasn't sure, you already mentioned this before we started, but I wasn't, I want to make sure you recognized uh, this. Sorry for skipping. That's the ugliest cake I've ever seen in my Stop. life. Jeez. Sad <laughs> face. Sad face. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set a pic. I'm gonna put a picture of this out like on our Twitter and Instagram pages also. But you want to tell our, our listening audience about why you you made that cake for me? If my memory serves me correctly, it was because that class. I, I I'm sorry. I just never came because I think it was what my fourth period. I can't remember, but. Yeah, I just never went, and I was like, "How am I gonna get these people to bump me up some points?" Because never will yell at me. I'll bake a box cake. So, do you remember Mr. Boyette? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I miss him so much. He was the best. But I made him a cake too. I'm sorry, but and he he bumped me up a letter grade. Am I allowed to say that? Sure. Uh, we might edit that out, <laughs> but that's okay. I don't think I bumped you up. I think you had like a solid B already. I don't think I bumped you up a letter grade from that. Did you I? didn't. No, you were a fair teacher, but I haven't said yeah. Well, Boyan's not at the school anymore, so it doesn't really matter to him. So true. I wonder what he's up to. Um, one time, me, Natalie McDonald, and Sarah Frost skipped Nas's A push class junior year. We went to IHOP, and he found out that we went to IHOP, and he Facetimed us and was like, "You have to take your quiz over Facetime." Little did he know that Brandon Culver was texting me the answers. So while all three of us are on Facetime. Brandon Culver's like, the answer is blah, 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 you know, whatever. And I can say this because Nas isn't here anymore. We can't get in trouble. But we all got 95s on it. I love education. <laughs> this not. I'm so glad I get it off my chest. <laughs> wow. She's been living with this for years. It's guilt. I'm glad you guys can finally sleep easy tonight knowing that you're living you know, outlet, yeah. The Holly Springs community. Junior year was fun. Senior year was fun. Senior. Yeah, senior year was really fun. Senior year was, like, peaceful. Junior year was, like, chaotic, but also fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, speaking of kind of some ways that Holly Springs did a horrible job uh, not preparing you for the real world, like, I know lately there's been kind of, like, a big push for, like, education to include multiple perspectives and not just kind of be about, like, old white guys. Like, do you think that, like, Holly Springs or, like, your entire K-12 through Wake County career, like, did that? Or do you think you kind of saw, like, a, a pretty one-sided view of history? that you learned about? Interesting. Well, okay, that's a good question. Some, like, to first, like, tackle this question, I will say Appalachian State is known for being, you know, a very, like, liberal school. 
Um, and also there's a huge transition between high school to college education. There's different levels of it. But I will say how I was, I mean, how I was taught like certain views and certain things. I was very straight on those things until my senior year when I did take like civics and economics. And I kind of was offered a different perspective. And that made me kind of change my entirety like of a perspective. But there's a lot of ways to answer this question. I'm going to go at it from the perspective of, I think there's a lot of issues with like the education system. Can I say that? You could say like, it's okay. Like, you're allowed to say like negative things. I feel like I'm like tiptoeing around stuff, like walking on eggshells, but. Don't, don't tiptoe on this podcast. Hey, say what you want to say. That's all you ask. Because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know. You're not going to offend um, our listeners. I promise. Okay. Um, especially with history, I find a lot of issues with the education system because I think that like the, I feel like history isn't told truthfully in America, if I'm being honest, because after college, when I started actually looking into things and I didn't just get my information mm -hmm. from like textbooks and things like that. Yeah. I realized that history is not how it's told in history books at all. So I don't know. I just, I really find a lot of issues with history being um, told in school. Something also I noticed like just throughout public education, especially when I go back and compare it to like my college experience, because I, I was a poli-sci major for a second, and then I switched. But I think senior year was the only time in my entire public education um, career, yeah, career yeah. that, you know, classes like AP Gov or Civics and Economics were classes where it's like, you can argue with each other, and we have different opinions. I felt like everyone kind of had a uniform opinion, a uniform agenda until I got to college, and I was like, oh, you know, things are a lot different in other places. But I definitely think history, especially with public education, it blinds a lot of things. And while it blinds those things, it simultaneously focuses on smaller things. And you, there's no opportunity to learn about other things until you take it upon yourself with your own critical mm -hmm. thinking skills to actually do the further research that is needed to understand the truth. Mm -hmm. so, so what would y'all suggest that either we change as teachers to like implement things in our individual classrooms to help fix that or like as a whole just education system like what would be some changes that you would would offer so many freaking things um i think a big part of it is that knowledge can't particularly be taught it has to be learned so students or people in general need to take it into their own hands to actually want to learn these things and learn new perspectives because you can tell somebody as many things as you want in a day. It doesn't mean they're actually going to take it into consideration and actually mm -hmm. learn it. True. So people just need to take it into their own hands to learn things and look up different perspectives. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And also when it comes to the education system as a whole, I mean, I think that, and I just talked to my mom about this like literally the other day, but I think the easiest thing to say is let teachers teach. I feel like public school teachers are so strictly held against this agenda that they have to follow that there's no room for them to be able to teach other things. And that doesn't mean to allow like biases, but it's like you are, you are tied down to such a strict curriculum, cur cur curriculum, 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 <laughs> such a strict agenda. <laughs> Much easier word. That, Just that, that, word that, the thing is, we okay so the thing is I, and i learned this in college and it's a very obvious thing but we all have access to information right like we could google something right now if we wanted to know but i think public school and i think having that strict agenda 
restricts us from having access to conversation. And I think the most I've ever learned is in a conversation-based classroom where it's like, okay, you, you know, this is, you know, we talk about what it is to talk about and you hear different sides and different opinions and then you form your own opinion. And I think when that happens, when you have conversations and you have access to information, you have a lot more knowledge coming out of that. If that makes any sense? Yeah. I think it, I mean, also, I've never needed a celebrity ever. I've never needed Kim Kardashian. I've never needed anyone else, but I have needed a teacher. I have needed a nurse. Yeah. These jobs, these teachers are getting paid like absolute garbage. I would have said a curse word, but I didn't. Thought about it, but I didn't. But you have teachers that are getting paid next to nothing and you expect them to follow this strict agenda can't say the word this this strict agenda that you have put out for them and then you're not updating the agenda so everything we're learning is old True. and not only is is it things things that we're learning it's you're teaching us things to absorb to memorize to put out on a test and then that's it that's the topic and then we move forward from it but it's like let's have room for conversation how do you feel about this topic how do i feel about this topic let's talk about it and i public school gives you no room to have a conversation. I think that's like the biggest issue. Also, you're not letting teachers teach. Just let them teach. Sorry, I went on a rant was, there. Oh. I, I hogged the time on that one. Sorry. That, that, was, that was quite the agenda right there of conversation. I've waited 20 years to answer that question. I'm just kidding. I, I think me and Rhodes could not have said that any any better I, I definitely agree to a certain extent and I'm, I'm a little bit different being CT I kind of have a little bit more freedom in and how I structure my classroom but I think the the biggest takeaway from what you said was I, I do think that there are certain topics of conversation that might be considered too sensitive for for students to have a conversation about and then I think because they are sensitive topics they don't want teachers to necessarily like begin those conversations conversations and i think like especially what's going on in the world today the last you know several months like there's a lot of conversations happening that are sensitive that a lot of people are being forced to kind of have now that they probably didn't have six eight ten months ago um but i think that's part of the reason why it's hard to do those things in the classroom setting but i know roads that's a lot you know more pertinent to your classroom than it is to mine because there's not a lot of sensitive things about sports entertainment all the time, but there is a lot of sensitive things when it comes to history. Yeah. yeah. I know I've like tried to do that in the past, uh, but certainly, like, you know, I think if you're a social studies teacher, you'd be insane if you said like the last few months haven't made you kind of think about how you can do a better job of including other perspectives of history uh, or, you know, current events or any other stuff in your classroom to kind of make it so that, you know, it's a more representative view of society. Uh, I think it, that's something that I know I'm definitely going to try to do a better job of this fall than in the past too. Uh, so I know you mentioned a few times also, both of you, uh, that, you know, the difference between high school and college, like a little more generally, like how do you feel that Holly Springs high school did uh, in terms of preparing you for college? Not in the slightest boo. Uh -uh. <laughs> so you're sitting in college, Olivia, you didn't get to take any quizzes via FaceTime or. No. And I didn't get to do Nas's rock, paper, scissors, freaking battles. What was that about? Yeah, well, you were in a Nazis class, so. That's uh, I'm not talking about either. <laughs> Cindy, what were you going to say? Well, I think you could go from it from different perspectives. Like, for me, it did prepare me in, like, a social aspect since I was, we were in, like, sports teams, so that helped a lot. Are you saying that we were popular because I, oh. No. 
We were though, kind of. Okay, well, who cares? Some of us. Educationally, not not really, but also that I think a lot of that's my fault because I didn't I didn't care. All I cared about was like soccer, pretty much. But it definitely helped me being on a an organized team. I mean, I would have been way worse of a, a kid and adult if I wasn't on a team. I'd be doing like hood rat stuff way earlier. <laughs> but it definitely prepared me. <laughs> way earlier? I, like, I don't even want to continue a side conversation about what things are you doing now that are considered bad. But let's not talk about that. Let's just stay focused, Sydney. On the I would have been way worse of a person if I wasn't on a soccer team. So that helped me a lot. Like discipline? Yes, discipline. Yeah. It taught me a lot of discipline, surprisingly. First things first, I, and this, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, I'm some type of smart person that knows everything because I'm not, but I never had to study in high school. Like, I never had to, like, apply myself to the full extent because it just, like, just simply wasn't that difficult. College, I had to, I didn't really learn how to study, like, how to study until maybe last year was when I was, That's like, true. Yeah. I, I take notes, and then I take notes after class, and then I do a Quizlet, and then I read through the Quizlet, and then I'm ready for my exam or whatever. Um, also, I hate standardized testing. It's not effective. I yeah. hate it so much. That's a personal opinion. But I definitely think – and then when it comes to real-world stuff that, you know, not academic stuff, more of, like, finances, credit scores, things that are kind of important yeah. as you're coming of age and all those things, like car payments, car insurance, your phone bill, how do these things work? I feel like I never actually understood any concept of the financial world until I took college classes – and maybe that's my own fault for not taking any financial-related electives in high school, but I had not a clue about how the world how the world works, aside from the academic world, like the real world. No idea how any of these things worked. Yeah. And then on top of the fact, you know, you get fed this information, and it, I mean, every I could I could pick apart any subject, yeah. and I don't blame Holly Springs for that. I I think if anything, I would blame the public education system as a whole for it. I mean, I'm 21 years old and I have absolutely no idea how to like balance a checkbook or, or anything. We should implement classes for real world situa situations. Yeah, resume building, how to write a freaking check, how to write yeah. a letter. These are skills yeah, that we, between your generation and our generation, cursive, they stopped teaching that. I mean, I, mean, I cursive think- Cursive doesn't matter. I know, but I'm saying these, these like simple skills that their generation knows, we have no, I don't know how to write a check. I don't know how to write a letter. Off the top of my head, I don't. Uh, cursive is a struggle. Like simple. These okay, simple so things. from a different generation, how did you guys learn those things? Did oh. you guys have to go out of your way or were you taught it? Okay, first off, why do you guys, like, why are you grouping us in like a different generation? Like we're like in our 60s. Will's like less than 10 years older than you guys are. <laughs> Okay, well, okay. I just, I just turned 30. I'm nine years older than you. I'm part of the same generation as you guys. So are you agreeing with us? Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, me growing up, I, like, I didn't know how to do those things. Like, yeah, I think once I got to college, it, it definitely, because I'm a business minor, so I definitely took a lot more business classes in college that kind of prepared me for, like, some of the things that you're talking about. I mean, I had to take an accounting class, and that goes towards like balancing maybe not your checkbook but it does get you to think about your finances but honestly like what got me prepared for the real world is when I had to pay for my own car when I had to buy my own house when I had to like 
finance, buying furniture and all this other stuff. Like once you have bills, then you're going to learn real quick how to do those things. Cause if you don't, you're going to be in debt and you're going to struggle a lot. So I think like you can learn all this stuff, basic stuff, but until you have to like actually apply it, mm-hmm. I don't think you're really going to learn it. So that's, that's my perspective Rhodes. You can maybe say something different, but I know social studies is getting the personal finance part of the curriculum now. So maybe you will be teaching that uh, sometime, maybe not you, but other history teachers might be teaching that soon enough. Personal finance was like a couple of weeks that we did in civics, but so I, I blame your civics teachers for you not learning that stuff in high school. Uh, I, I know, I was both through civics teachers. I, I know. <laughs> uh, well, we already covered that, like, whatever city didn't learn is not my fault. But yeah, I know, I, I guess that is, it's tough. It's, I think it's just easier going through stuff in theory than it is like when it's actually stuff that you have to do. Uh, it definitely doesn't make it tougher. But thinking maybe that's something that we need to do a better job of like getting more real world applications for that stuff. Yeah. I agree. I mean, and also, I believe we kind of focused on like the finance aspect, but also how to build a resume, how to like get a job. Like there's so many different trade skills that like we just didn't really learn through public education. It's more of like learn it through your family type thing. Yeah. Like figure it out yourself. And even though, you know, high school, you're 17, 18, you don't have any, a, a real grasp on the real world. Like I didn't know anything about how to buy a house or a mortgage or anything like that until maybe like a year ago because I asked my parents and I was like, how does this work? But not everyone has that, you know, not everyone can just ask their parents, how does this work? Sometimes you have to rely on public education to teach you these things because your parents just can't or they don't know. And also we're paying thousands of dollars a year. We should probably be taught these things, how to survive in the real world. In my opinion, I agree. may disagree, but no, I you know, for any listeners of the podcast that are, you know, rising freshmen, because I know we have so many rising freshmen listeners, if you take CTE classes, there are several business and marketing classes that might help you uh, prepare you for some of the things that we're discussing. So if you would like to learn how to do a resume or manage a checkbook, there are some classes that you can take business and marketing CTE, just letting you guys know. I will say something I wish I had done in high school was take at least personal finance or accounting or just something, something with the financial world in high school, because I didn't do that until college and it taught me a lot, but I wish I had just known sooner. Yeah, me too. So we've, we've bashed the high school education system pretty much for the last 20 minutes. So we're going to transition all to college questions so we can get away from public education. Um, What, what are some tips that, the two of you might have for the, you know, kids that are going from being stuck in Holly Springs this summer to now they're about to move in. I know a lot of kids um, are, are starting to move in this weekend or next week. So what are some tips that you have for those um, new freshmen that are moving into to their, you know, dorms or living situations? Okay, I'm going to give my perspective than hers because it's like a nice two-old perspective because sure. I went to Wake Tech for two years. So I want to talk to the group of people who are doing like community college first and then transferring, but you tell yours first. We went straight to university. I would say, well, you know, one thing that is just terrible is, you know, we have this pandemic going on and all that stuff. So obviously any advice I give is through my own perspective, but I'm not going through what they're going through. You know, they just kind of lost half their senior year. And I know that their freshman college experience will not be the same as like what mine was. Um, so it's a little difficult, but I will say one, I think it's really important to recognize that 
when you go off to college. So I, I graduated when I was 17 and then I went off to college when I was 17. And then I, like I had my 18th birthday like in my dorm room and I was there for like two weeks. But it's such a young age and I don't think we realize how young of an age it is until, you know, you get older and then you're like, dang, I was only 17, six, you know, whatever. I think something that is really important to remember is like you're leaving and you have to remember that you are, you are leaving Holly Springs. You are leaving your parents. You're leaving your family. You're leaving your friends. You are going to a new place and you are living in a new place and you are essentially, if you think about it, this is the first time in your life that you're ever going to leave home for an extended period of time. Like, yeah, we've been to like soccer camps or like Jesus camps or something for a week at a time or something like that. But this is the first time where, you know, you're going to live out on your own. And on top of that, you don't have the constant influence of your family. You're going to make friends that your parents have never met before. And it's an opportunity in itself to kind of find yourself. And you make these friends from all these different places. And you're going to learn so much about the people around you. But it's also the first time that you're getting thrown out into the world and it's just you. You don't have anyone else. It's just you. And I think, you know, I got lucky. I had a really good experience my freshman year. I made a lot of friends. But if there's two things I could say to someone who's starting college, it's one, learn how to study, please. If you, just because you didn't study in high school, that's great. Go you. A lot of people are like that. You're not special. No offense. When you get to college, you need to learn how to study. You need to learn how to study because it's hard. It's different. You're paying thousands of dollars for this education. So please make the most of it. Also, on top of that, I, I hate when people are like, go to class, go to class. Because the thing is, you be just... Be careful. No, this is... I am being careful. <laughs> this is the thing is that ultimately, you are the person that decides if you go to class or not. You are. So all I say is, hold yourself accountable mm. to everything that you decide to do your freshman year. You're away from your parents. You're away from a lot of different things. You're going to do whatever you want because you are fully capable to do so. Hold yourself accountable. Don't let things. it go to your head. All Don't freedom. let it go. To, yeah. Hold yourself accountable. There's so many things just, if you want to go to class, go to class. And if you don't go to class, that's on you. And there's no one to blame besides yourself, but apply yourself because Public education, I never had to. College, I had to learn how to. And it definitely was a disadvantage to not know how to study and all that stuff because I thought that college was the same as high school and that I could just fly by. But this is serious stuff. Like, you have to, like, apply yourself. You have to. And also, I don't know. I guess it's, like, it's going to bite you in the long run because you're not going to learn these things that you're going to need to learn. Yeah. In the real world. And also, you know, and, and the, the other thing I could suggest to anyone who's about to be a freshman, and obviously the situation's unique because of, like, COVID and stuff, but put yourself out there as much as you possibly can because there are thousands of people, and your freshman year is really, like, the, the biggest time where everyone around you is feeling exactly how you're feeling. You know, they're away from home. They don't have any friends either. This is a new thing for them. Throw yourself out there, make friends, really try to make friends. It, my And this might be a biased opinion, but like with social media, Thank with you. our phones, with technology, we have an opportunity to reach out to anyone instantly when we want to. Take advantage of that because you will make so many great friends from so many different places, but you need to throw, I mean, throw yourself out there and just see what happens. You have nothing to lose. 
You're trying. You're trying. Awesome. Wow. Thanks. Another, another great answer. Okay, so Cindy, what's your perspective kind of coming more from like a two-year perspective instead of going <laughs> on to like a four-year school? Okay, I'm here to make all the people who feel like losers feel better about themselves because <laughs> I felt like a loser. And two years later, after, so I, I went to Wake Tech after, right out of high school. I did two years and then now I'm at State. I transferred after those two. And in the moment when I was in those two years at Wake Tech, I was like, I am such, I'm such a bum. Like, I'm just, I'm going nowhere in life, blah, 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 blah whatever. Wallowing self-pity. But now, because all your friends are at a university and it's going to make you, it's human nature to feel jealous of those people or feel bad about yourself because you're constantly comparing yourself to these people. And when you're, whether you're moved out or you're at home, whatever, you're going to a community college and you're still trying to figure out what you're doing with your life, it's going to make you feel bad and it's going to happen and that's okay. But what I want to tell people is that not everybody's going to have the same journey and it's okay. And whether you don't want to go to college or you do, or you want to do two years at a comm college and then go to university, that's fine. But just figure out what you want to do and that's okay. And also, if you're going to community college, you're saving a lot more money than uh-huh. people who are going four years at a university. And so in my opinion, and maybe this is like a, a selfish reason, but I think that that's a smarter way to go. And also with Corona, a lot of people their first year of college or first semester, who knows how long this is going to go on for. I mean, you might even have all online, so you're going to be saving money if you go to a comm college. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But yeah, so I guess I think the best advice I could give is just don't compare yourself to other, other people, which is, it's really easy to do that, but mm-hmm. don't. It'll be smarter in the long run for you. So kind of following up what you said, Sydney, about, you know, taking the time to really just figure out, like, what you want to do uh, before you make that college decision. What are some, you know, pieces of advice for current high school seniors uh, about, like, how to figure out what school is best for them? Ooh, okay. Well, I think that's why I went to Wake Tech is because I didn't know. I had no idea. I didn't know if I wanted to be far away from home or if I wanted to be close to home. So um, my first year at Wake Tech, I stayed at home, and I really didn't mind it. I was saving so much money. It was great. And then the second year I moved to Chapel Hill because I thought that's where I would want to go. So I was doing online classes at Wake Tech and I was living in Chapel Hill with some girlfriends and I realized I just, that wasn't the place for me. So I'm so happy I didn't go there because that would have been such a waste of money. But with that being said, I guess the, the best advice I could give is just if you don't know where to go, go to Wake Tech or go to a community college, I guess. And also I did want to add this in your freshman and sophomore year at a university and at Wake Tech, you're taking the same exact classes. So I did want to add that in because yeah. if you don't know what you want to do with your life then just, you know, save some money and do whatever you want to do. But I feel like that's a better question for you because you decided where you wanted to go right out of high school. Yeah. But I, I mean, something that I definitely like idolize about like your decision is well one I hate there's such a stigma against there is a stigma there is a stigma against community colleges and I hate that there is one but there is and you know whatever there's a stigma against a lot of things but I think it's really hard to sit there as a 17 and 18 year old and be like all right this is what I want to do with my life and going back on like previous questions with public education I don't think you get a lot of exposure to different things I think it's a lot of basic things you know you have math, science, history, you have all these things, but you don't have, like, I 
so Sydney's major is public relations communications. I didn't know what that was when I got to college and I ended up switching my major three times because I did not know what to do. And I can't help but sit here and kind of feel like, like, yes, I did waste a lot of money trying to figure out what I want to do. And that kind of comes where I, I respect the decision that Sydney made where it's like she waited until she knew what she wanted to do. And luckily where, you know, Sydney it is a good reason of why I switched my major to public relations because she's the one that, that was like, this is what you should do. This is what you're good at. Cause it's really hard to sit back as a kid and be like, I know what I'm good at. and I know what I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And not only know what you're good at, but Oh, how can I make a career out of this? Like that is such a hard question to have to ask yourself and to be a 18 year old going to college and having to figure that out. I mean, it, it that's, it's a lot more than you think it is. And that is, I want to give a piece of advice for that also when you're 17 and 18, don't stress yourself out being like, I need to figure out what I need to do with my life now. Like, this is the time I'm a junior, senior in high school. I need to figure out what I'm doing. No, you don't. Try some yeah. things out. You're, you're, the major that you go into college may not be the major that you come out with, and that's completely fine. Just yeah. switch on your major every once in a while. Like, see what you want to do and just try things out. That's yeah. the best advice and, I and, I, and I feel like a, a really big thing between – you know, the difference between high school and college is like, you know, in high school, you are given a set of classes to take and you take these classes to graduate. You know, when you are a senior, you have to take civics and economics before you before you graduate, you have to take two semesters in one language. You know, you, you have to do these required things. You have to take health and health and fitness or whatever. We have to do that in college, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like it, it's different. You know, your first two years of college are you know, general education classes. And that's what Sydney said. It's the exact same as it is at a community college. It really is. And if anything, I think community colleges give you more discipline than, uh, you know, a university education because you're really pushing this <laughs> because you have to do the class like every single day yeah. you have, and, you, and you can only skip a certain amount of times in a university, you know, you are paying thousands of dollars to be there. However present you want to be, you determine that. But with, you know, Wake Tech, it's like, if you got three absences, you're dropped from the class. Oh my God, that was it so gives you a lot more sense of discipline than I think a university would, which I think is a really good thing. Yeah. So what we're saying is everybody go to Wake Tech this semester. Go Eagles! <laughs> go Eagles! So, so you, you talked about, like, living in Chapel Hill and then realizing, like, you didn't want to, to be there. So, can, I mean, you don't have to go into too much detail but i want to try to give 17 18 year olds a, a kind of an idea of different things they should evaluate before they pick a college so what was it about chapel hill that like you didn't like personally that made you not want to live there anymore i gotta you know pick my words carefully because we have a we have a person we have a tar heel in the room yeah we have a that's, said that's, tar heel. that's fine well that's it's different for everybody like i've i've been to unc i've been into yeah, state I, i've been to a lot of different I'm married to NC state grad i'm used to hearing negative things about unc so you can say whatever you want to yeah, say we're the devils to you guys and you're the devils to us but for me personally i didn't like the environment of chapel hill i um thought it was a little posh for me but then also people think that state is a bunch of hillbillies. So like you have to, you have to go into that environment and figure it out for yourself because there's always going to be stereotypes about each school. Mm -hmm. So I just personally didn't fit in with the people at Chapel Hill. And I was lucky enough to live with some of my best friends who went there. So I was involved, like I was brought to the parties and I was in the environment. I just, I personally didn't like it. So I was dead set on like when I moved to Chapel Hill. I'm going to Chapel Hill, like all of these things, like I was getting the grades for it, all of this stuff. And then a couple months in, I was just like, 
my home is at state. Like my dad went there. I want to like follow his, in his footsteps. So that was just, yeah, yeah. that's about it. I've been called a lot of things in my life. No one's ever called me posh before. So like, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you, yeah very posh. Like. And, the reason, and the, the reason why I asked that question is like, obviously I, I'm a little biased towards state, but I could have gone to Davidson on an athletic scholarship. And one of the reasons why I chose not to go to Davidson was very similar to what you just said. Like I went and visited the school and I didn't feel like right about the vibe of the, the other students that were there. And I didn't want to be stuck at a school paying thousands of dollars for an education and not wanting to be a part of, you know, the culture of that school. So yeah. I think it's very important for people to realize like UNC, the name is great, but you might not fit in with the 20,000 kids that are there. So like, do you really want to like ruin everything else about your college experience just to have that name on your degree? So like you have to think about a lot of things before you make your college decision. Yeah, definitely. Something, also and this is just something that I noticed like in the later half of my senior year of high school is like I feel like for most people when they like went to, went to different colleges and stuff like that it was like oh my god I fell in love with this school I'm mm. so in love with it all this stuff and for me that that's not actually at all how it was um the I, I was dead set on going to EC I was like I'm gonna go here this is where I'm gonna go and one of my best friends at the time called me and she was like, what if you just like went to app? And I didn't like, I thought that Boone and Asheville were like the same thing. I didn't even, I didn't know anything about app. I actually knew nothing. And I was like, eh, whatever, I'll just apply. And I literally applied because the picture on the homepage looked pretty. And I like, I'm not embarrassed to say it because I go there now and I love it so much. But I will say for some people who, you know, maybe not this year, but next year who are applying to colleges and all that stuff, sometimes it's not so black and white. Sometimes it's not mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I love you. Oh my God, I don't. Sometimes it's very in the middle and you're like, eh, like I don't really know. I hate this one less than the other. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important to remember too is because like I definitely took a risk on myself by going to app instead of ECU when I was, and I think the only reason I was dead set on ECU is because, you know, I have older siblings and they love ECU and I was like, oh, I'll just go there. But I took a chance on app and I, the first time I ever saw app, I, me and my dad went, drove up for a weekend. And then the very next time I was there was for orientation. And, you know, sometimes you have to take that risk. And sometimes, you know, those feelings, it's not so yes or no, this is the place for me. Sometimes you just have to take a risk. And I think that's really important for people who are coming into college to remember also. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I actually submitted my UNC application online like five minutes before it was due. I didn't even spell check it. I just kind of like applied like on a whim. Uh, I like thought there was like a zero percent chance of me going there. I was like, whatever, I'll just finish this up or whatever. Uh, and then like over the course of my senior year, I kind of became more idea with the idea or became more okay with the idea of like leaving Boulder and leaving Colorado for college. And I had never been to the state of North Carolina until I was accepted into the school. Uh, and so, like, I came out here to visit. What What made you apply for yeah, Chapel Hill? Chapel yeah, Hill. Uh, you know, it's a good school. It's like a better school than, than CU was. Like, I kind of thought I'd want to work with the basketball team. I kind of thought I could just kind of like come here and do that easily, which isn't really what happened at all. I was like, yeah, sure, like I'll just apply. Like, again, I like I thought there was like a point one percent chance of it happening, but like people told me to, so I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, I'm just I'm just thinking like you're in Colorado and you have 49 other states that you could apply to and you're just like oh I'll go to Carolina and help out with their basketball team there, there, there's been enough UNC bashing on the show but like UNC is like a, it's, it's a it's a pretty decent school uh no, so it is I'm not uh, saying it's a bad school for, I just yeah, I'm there's, shocked there's that that's a, one. it's a lot of like good hard-working graduates like and me that went there 
but you know, it, it just kind of ended up, it was a totally random, like it was, it was a, it was a horrible co- way to do a college shirt. So, like my, my school selection <laughs> process was like just absurdly stupid. Uh, like I thought I might want to go to, I only applied to three schools, like CU, UNC and Rice in Houston. And like midway through my senior year, like Rice and I both decided we didn't want me to go there. Uh, I decided I didn't want to go there. They also decided they didn't want me to go there. Uh, so I only like, I only got into like CU and UNC and I just kind of chose UNC. I, I got lucky it worked out for me, but it was, it was a, it was a horribly done college search. Uh, it was done very easily. <laughs> but, but like, go, and, and I kind of feel like it's similar, except like you went to Chapel Hill and that's a great school and like I go to App and like, it's okay. But. App, App is also like, you get, you guys all go to good schools. Like State's a good school. App's a good school. Like these are North all North Carolina has some good schools. We do have some good we schools. We do. Every, every school, regardless of what the stigma is, like you guys have talked a lot about stigmas. There's a lot of good programs at any of the schools that are in the state oh, of North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter about figuring out. Yeah, but sometimes I think it's just a matter of, like, Mr. Rhodes and I, you just, you take a chance. You're like, eh, whatever, I don't really care. It's a terribly done process, <laughs> and it works in your favor. It's a yeah. lot like dating. You just kind of wing it sometimes. And and sometimes it, might, it, it works out. out. Yeah. Sometimes you hate yourself. Speaking of dating, we have some questions. That I'm getting lost. We're going to talk about dating. <laughs> He's joking. We, we sometimes do a dating advice segment, but we're, we're not going to do that today. We I will give the most unhealthy advice. All right, Rose, I think you should ask the last question so they don't get uh, too frightened. Before this last question, I just want to say that we're going to touch on some mature themes for this, uh, as well as some mature language. So if you are listening with maybe young children in the car, uh, just listener discretion is advised uh, as we talk about our next topic. All right. So the last thing we wanted to touch on today is a little bit more of a serious subject. Uh, I asked Olivia yesterday if she wanted to talk about this, and she said that she wanted to, as it she thought I could definitely help someone out there. So last year, her brother uh, Jimmy died by suicide. I'm just going to open the floor to her, and I think to Sydney also, just to kind of talk about, uh, you know, Olivia, your brother, mental health, and kind of anything else that you really want to say about this. I mean, yeah, like, you know, this is such a big topic to talk about. Um, I'm really to unpack. It's definitely a lot to unpack, and I, I'm definitely happy that I get to sit next to Sydney and talk about this, because um, Sydney's my best friend, and also, you know, this is just something that we both are really passionate about, but I think when it comes to mental health as a whole, and when it comes to suicide or anything like that, I think it, it saddened me that this can't be talked about more, um, you know, and, and also, you know, something, and, and I'm not, I'm not this advocate for suicide because my brother passed away. Nothing makes me an advocate. I think the only thing that makes me somewhat legitimate is that I do have insight on this. And I wouldn't even say it's because my brother passed away. I'd say it's because, you know, I've been through that stuff firsthand. I've helped friends who have been there. You know, my brother, it changes a lot of things for a person. But I think when it comes to this topic, it's really important to recognize, you know, and especially you have COVID too, that's like hitting everybody with everything. And, and it, it's a new thing and we're all going through it and it sucks. But I will say like, I have, you know, we, I was a high schooler once and I'm a college kid now. And like high school was hard and it was, it was fun and it was good. And I made some good people, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't say high school was some of the toughest years of my life. And I think high school is the time where you know, you're still a kid, you're still growing up, you're still trying to figure out who you are. And it's the first time that you really start dealing with like adult feelings. And something I absolutely hate is that it's so hard to go to certain people because they're like, your problems aren't real because you're only 15 or 16 or 17. 
you know, you'll know real problems when you're 35 and, you know, you have to be a homeowner and, and you have bills. And it's like, no, my problems are legitimate right now where I stand in the world as a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old. And I think something that is so important to recognize is that, you know, you're, what you're going through is valid. And, but also at the same time, just because you're going through something necessarily alone doesn't mean that you have to be alone to go through it. And I think it's really important to recognize that. I also think it's really important to be able to have a conversation about how you're feeling. And something I was talking to Sydney about earlier is like, something I, I do with people is I'm like, how are you doing? And then I get, you know, like the mundane response of, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. But then you really, you look at them and you're like, no, really, like, how are you doing? And it, it's, you would be surprised by how many people will actually open up and be like, oh my God, my dog just died or like something terrible. And it's because you're showing them, hey, I'm giving you this time and I'm, I'm showing you that I'm here to listen to you and hear what you have to say. And I think when it, you know, when it comes to suicide, when it comes to something like Jimmy, especially you, I think Jimmy of all people and even Matthew too, it goes to show that, you know, you might really think you know someone and then something happens like this and you're just like, damn, did I even really know them at all? And when someone is really hurting inside and they're really going through a lot of things, they're not going to advertise their pain so much. They're going to pretend that everything's okay and that they're fine. And one of the things that I think a lot of people might struggle with is, you know, someone is hurting and you know, someone is going through something, but you don't know how to be there for them. And one thing I will strongly say is that if you don't know how to be there for them, that's okay. But that doesn't mean don't be there for them at all. Don't wait until, you know, the, the, the tide dies down. Wait, don't wait at all, you know, be there for them and, and tell them, Hey, I don't know how to be there for you. I don't know if you need me to sit here and listen to you. I don't know if you need me to sit here and hold you while you cry. I don't know what you need, but I know that you need someone to hear you. And I'm here to offer that. Just show me how. And it's okay if they don't know how. It's a, it's a matter of trial and error. But it, it's so easy to talk to someone instantly. I mean, you have Snapchat, you have Twitter, you have texting, you have, you have everything in the world at your fingertips to be able to talk to someone. And like, my thing is if you, if you know someone is hurting, be there for them. And if you don't know how to be there for them, you just simply learn. It's a learning process. Nobody knows how to be there for someone. You have to learn. And I know like Sydney, like I know you feel very highly on this topic. So like, I want you to talk about it too, but like, that's just some of my two cents. Yeah. <laughs> um, should, should I just like chime in now? Go do your thing. Boy, I, okay. Well, that was a good point. <laughs> but I think like, what I'm very passionate about when it comes to mental health, and since I'm talking to two men, I want to open the floor up to you guys as well to talk to men our age, or like in high school or like younger people, is that I think men and women are very different. And when it comes to men, and I have talked to my male friends, and they've told me that this is correct, that men don't really open up to their friends as often as women do. And I really want to like stop that stop and that stigma and be like you're not excuse my language but you're not a bitch for talking about your feelings and you like you're not weak because you're talking about your mental health and I just want to normalize that and that everybody should just talk about their feelings and if you're having dark thoughts or suicidal thoughts find somebody that you trust and text them you're not annoying you're not a nuisance or because everybody has that one person, well, I, ho I hope so, that everybody has that one person that will is your ride or die and they'll be there for you. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's it. Like you, sh- we should just normalize talking about our feelings. Yeah, and I and I I think there's two parts of that. It's one, you need to be able to feel comfortable enough to reach out to someone, and two, that person needs to feel comfortable enough to receive that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and this goes. I mean, the, the, I think the entire theme of this podcast when we were talking about public education and college education and even you know mental health and stuff is to be able to have a conversation mm-hmm. is a very powerful tool. And I think the minute that we cut ourselves off from having that ability to have access to have a conversation is when we are really stopping ourselves in our tracks because having a conversation is proving validation and it's proving getting things across. And, you know, something I will say too is like, obviously suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I know that it's such a cliche saying, but there's a reason why it's cliche and there's a reason why it gets used so much because it's true. And, you know, something I just want to point out is when you are 15 and 16 and 17 and 18, you are going through a lot of things. And although the people that you love first, the people like your siblings or your parents, they might not see your problems as valid, but the only person that needs to view your problems in order for them to be valid and true is yourself. Mm. And I think high school is a really difficult time of trying to figure out who the hell you are when we none of us we don't even know how to write a check let alone what my favorite color is are you kidding me let alone talk about it's tough it's tough and i will say like you know like sydney and i weren't friends until literally high school graduation was when we became friends and sydney's my best friend in the whole world and i can proudly say throughout our entire friendship we are able to sit down and talk about anything and mm-hmm. everything and it's so important not to be able to judge people but you, yes, can't, you can't don't judge people you can't teach that though yeah. you can't teach that but it's important to recognize when someone is hurting you need to be there for them and it's okay if you don't know how to be there for them you, you will learn you know these are learning experiences mm-hmm. but also it's so important i you know and and nothing to do with jimmy this is more to do with myself like when i was going through my stuff and my struggles i wish as a 20 year old, I could sit here and I could go back in time and I could tell my 15 or 16 year old self, life changes, life gets better, things are different. I mean, if I was judged now based off of who I was in high school, I hope that everyone would hate me because I hope that I've grown and I've changed. I mean, there's, I, I'm so different than how I was and you, and you grow and you change, but like, if there's just one thing I could ever tell anyone, it's just like what you're going through now is not the end of the world. And I know it feels like it, but it's not. And there's always someone you can rely on. And if there's not, then, then make it, make that happen. Find someone that you can rely on, you know, and it's so much easier said than done at the same time. There's so many things that go through a teenager's mind, but it's just so important to remember what I'm dealing with now. Is this going to matter two years from now? Is this going to matter three years from now? Is this going to matter five years from now? And then on the other end of that argument, I can talk about what it's like if you do follow through, you know, you want, you commit suicide, you do something like that, your problems and the solutions that you take upon your, I don't, I don't blame Jimmy for what happened or anything like that. But I will say that Jimmy never reached out to a single person. And that's mistake number one is that you put yourself in a position to believe that no one could be there for you. And it's so, when you're going through those problems and depression, anxiety and all those things, it's so easy to convince yourself that you are alone and you're just not. And, it, and, it, and it's so hard to tell someone, Hey, you're not alone. It's so, but you need to be that person. You need to be open to people. You need to tell them your stories and you need to tell them not what they need to hear, but just tell them that you're there for them and that you hear them and that they're valid because if they don't hear that, they'll never think that anything they believe is true. 
And then they take matters into their own hands, and that doesn't always work out well. And also on the other end, I do want to say as the friend who, if you're trying to support somebody who has bad mental health, if you're noticing something off about them, if it's like the smallest thing, like they're more anxious than normal, take that 10 minutes out of your day to just talk to that person and make sure they're okay. Because yeah. that, could, that could mean the difference between them being alive or dead, mm-hmm. honestly. So Something I would definitely say is, you know, if you, if you choose to make, if you choose to make the decision that Jimmy made, it changes a lot of things and it, and it goes beyond so much more than when you're going through those moments and you're depressed or you're anxious or you're suicidal, you get that tunnel vision and it's really, really hard to think about how are my actions going to affect other people. It's so hard because in the moment you are so caught up in your own pain and your own problems that it blinds you from everything else. But I will say being on the other end of it, it changes everything and it always will. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't want Jimmy to be here. But at the same time, it's like he, and I, and I don't blame anyone either. It's like, you know, he made the decisions he made and it hurts and it sucks. Every day is a battle. But I mean, it, it's, I, I hate more than anything that people who are going through something feel like that they're alone. I hate that. And, and I know that, you know, by talking to you guys or talking to anyone that wants to listen, like if anything I say makes a difference, I absolutely want to be that person for that. But it, it just sucks that you're going through so many things and you the last thing I'd want to feel in this world right now is to feel alone. And I think with where we live right now, there's no reason to be alone. There's no reason why you can't text anyone in an instant and then just be there for you. It's okay if you don't know how to be there for someone. You just learn. I mean, Sydney, like, you know, Sydney's my best friend in the world. Gas me up. No, but like, no, but well, you know, Sydney's my best friend in the world and she's been through her own problems. And when it got, you know, when it came down to when Jimmy passed away, I had no doubt that Sydney would be there for me the way I needed her to be because she's, she just knew. And the, and I'd say one of the big reasons why you know is from like your own past experiences, Mm -hmm. but it's important to have that environment where you have someone that you can trust. I mean, there's a reason why I'm in Raleigh right now. It's like, I was going through some stuff and I was like, I got to see Sydney. She's going to help me. And I'm here right now. And, you know, I just there's got to be one person that you can rely on in the world. There has, there's so many of us, there's got to be one person. I know there's a lot of like teachers and stuff that listen to the podcast too. I know like every year, you know, before school starts, we get like a signs of like suicide awareness stuff that teachers go through, but I think it might be more powerful coming from you guys. Like what, what's something that, you know, high school teachers or that schools can do to help out uh, students that are, you know, going through mental health or kind of struggling, you know, with their, with their mental health uh, while they're in high school. Does Holly Springs have like a student services center for that or no? for mental health? For mental health. So I mean, there is like, does the high school? Yeah, yeah. There's counselors, and I think there's a like a somebody else that's you know a little bit above a counselor that comes in maybe once or twice a week. So you know, if if kids are if kids are are having problems, I know that's one of the first things that if kids come talk to me, I would encourage I'd encourage them to go talk to a counselor. Or I've in the past even you know told the counselor they need to talk to a certain kid if I'm worried about that kid. So that, that's kind of the first, you know, line of defense at the school for that. Okay. Well, because I feel like in college it's easier because we have a specific department for this. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, my, my last semester at App, I, w- I saw a therapist and it was paid for and that was great. But also my, my thing is, is you can't fully put the blame 
on, on everyone else to be like, oh, you should have noticed that, you know, they had lost 10 pounds or that they weren't sleeping as much. You can't put the blame on anyone. And as humans, that's what we tend to do is I should have done this. Yeah. I should have done that. Sometimes. It's not that simple. I, and, I, and I will say, and, you know, I, I don't know how you teach this to people, but um, my junior year of high school, I had Nas as an A-push teacher and I came to class and I was a freaking wreck. I was, I was such a wreck. And I, and I was in Nas's class. I sat right next to his desk, his like throne thing. And I sat there in class with my head down all day. And, you know, luckily me and Nas had a really close relationship that he noticed something was off, but he took the time to, you know, close the classroom door, let everyone leave. He made me a cup of coffee on his Keurig and he was like, tell me what's wrong. And I found out my, my sister had just got diagnosed with cancer. And that was a huge thing. And I hadn't talked to anyone. He was the only person that I talked to about. And, but the thing is, I can't expect that out of every teacher. Because I was going to say, just teachers should maybe be more observant, but you can't but expect you can. others to do. Yeah. And I, and I, and I can't expect a teacher just like, I mean, but, and, and the thing is, and this might sound terrible is like, I, I was Jimmy's like sister and I didn't notice anything. I'm, I'm a freaking sister. We're what? 18 months apart in age, basically freaking twins. And I didn't notice a single thing. And, 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 and I don't, that's why I'm saying I don't put the blame on anyone. I think something that could be improved is we don't really talk about mental health at all in high school. We don't. Yeah. Anxiety, depression. If you feel something, call someone, blah, blah, blah. But like, we don't talk about it. And, it, and it's so much more experienced than it is talked about that it kind of feels like a foreign concept of like, oh, I'm on antidepressants. You don't want to tell anyone. And like, can I like, and I will say this, we dabble in it in high school, like whatever it's teachers, department heads, whatever you want to call them. People talk about it, but like, they don't really freaking care. They don't care. They, they dabble in it, but they don't really care. It just seems like that. So I think people should really care more. I will say, I think one of the most powerful things that ever happened to me in college was I took a social deviance class. And um, so my brother passed away on a Sunday night and I decided on Monday morning, I was like, I'm going to go to class. And I, and I went to three of my classes. I went to all my classes actually. And the reason I went to my class is because I was like, I know that my life is about to change forever. So just for one second, I just want to have this little piece of like, everything's fine. Everything's normal. You know, that, that, that like state of denial kind of. And that's fine, you know, whatever. But I went to my social deviance class, and this was a class where it was like a conversation-based class. Like my teacher would sit at the front, and she would open up a concept to us, and we'd go back and forth. Oh, and classes. the best—that's when you learn the most—is when you have yeah. conversations. And we would talk about things. And so I, I love this teacher to death. Her name's Joyce Powers. Absolutely phenomenal. Shout professor. out! Shout out, social deviance professor. She's amazing. But a week after my brother passed away, I returned to my classes and something that I thought was just, I, I'll never forget this. It was so powerful was she was like, Olivia, I want to talk to you after class. And I was like, okay, like, whatever. You know, it's probably like stuff that I missed, whatever. And she closed the door and she had a class 10 minutes after mine. And she was like, how are you doing? And then she was like, no, really, how are you doing? And she was the first person to say that to me. And ever since then, that's why I always ask how are you doing? No, really, like, how are you doing? And she told me her brother passed away the same exact way as mine, same age, everything. And she, I just cried in my professor's arms because I never, it's one thing to have your friends there for you. It's another to have a teacher that's like, I recognize that you're going through something and I'm here to tell you that like, it's okay. And I think to have that from a teacher 
and I, from Nas too, like I got that from them. And that was such a foreign thing because it shows that they, not only are they here to teach you, but they, they know who you are as a student and they know that, you know, you're trying to grow up and you're trying to figure yourself out in this world and there's a lot of chaos. And I think it speaks a lot of volume as a teacher when you recognize your students. And I'm not saying that that means that you guys are accountable for knowing your students. You should know their favorite color, their birthday, their zodiac, because you shouldn't. But I think it speaks sure, a lot of volume when a teacher takes the time today to be like, hey, I'm not just your teacher. Like, I'm another person in this world. And I'm here to tell you, like, it gets better. And it's okay. And it's fine. Well, and, but so that can't be taught. How, yeah, how, let's turn the question back on you two. Like, how do you guys think that you guys can handle that better? As a school, not just you two individually, but as a program and school and all those things? I, I think, and I don't, I don't want to go too long into it because I'm sure I could get emotional about it, but I think one of the things you brought up was Matthew, and I'm glad you, you brought up Matthew. Matthew obviously was part of the men's soccer program, and, you know, for some things happened, and he, he got cut from the team senior year for some, some off-the-field stuff, but, you know, when that happened to me, it was – a little bit emotional for me just as, as a coach, like I feel like I should have had a relationship with him better as the year ended, but I wish I would have continued a relationship with him as a player after he graduated. And I, I think like Rhodes obviously does a very good job with that, with the, the kids that he, you know, has relationships in school. Like he continues those relationships post high school graduation. But for me, like I just wish I would have had a better relationship with, with Matthew. So that way if, if he wanted to reach out to somebody like that would have been some, I, I could have been a person for him to, to contact. And I, I think that's something that, you know, as unfortunate as it is, and obviously it's not something that, you know, anybody wants to happen. Like for me as, as, as an individual coach, I think it kind of opened my eyes on how, how do I need to do a better job of just maintaining relationships with, with players or, or students that you're very close with in high school. Like, their, their friends may change throughout their lives or you guys, you know, might move around and you might not have that person that you can just like go to Raleigh and, and hang out with and see, but like just being able to reach out to somebody. And I think that that was what was kind of an eye opener for me. Like I, I wasn't maintaining relationships with student athletes that, you know, I, I was very close with in high school. But, you know, I should continue to be their mentor. It's not like I can't continue to help them throughout their lives. So that's something that impacted me um, when that happened. And I've done, I've tried to do a better job of, of maintaining contact with the last couple of graduating classes just to, to be that, that shoulder. Because like you said, especially on the guy's side, I think guys struggle with just that stigma that if they open up that, you know, they're, you know, mentally weak or they're, they're physically, physically weak. And I think it's just tough. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to single out any players or anything, but, you know, I've had players, guy players come to me like after games and we've had that one-on-one -on -one conversation and, you know, things were, you know, serious and they were struggling with some mental things and they cried and we hugged and we talked for 30 minutes. Like, do I know how to respond in that moment? Absolutely not. Like, do yeah. I hug with you? Do I cry with you? Like, I don't know. But just being there for that person is obviously a step in the right direction. So I, I try to do a better job with that. Um, if I recognize, you know, students struggling or if there's, you know, certain signs that we see. But like you said, it's hard for 
you to see everything and to, to recognize everything. Like sometimes, you know, people, when that happens, there's a reason why people are like, oh, I didn't know they were struggling because they do a very good job of hiding their emotions. So I think just having a best friend or a friend that you're willing to, to open up with, like be willing to do that. Like, don't be afraid to, to share what you're feeling inside, even though it might be uncomfortable or it hurts, like just open up. And I, I think I'm trying to do a better job of being a older person that somebody would be willing to open up to. A mentor. Yeah. Because also if you think about it and Rhodes, like I want to get to you too, but like something that you have to think about is like as a kid going through, you know, the education system is you are, you're with your parents and then the, the only other like older people that you're really surrounded by is your teachers. And then, you know, maybe coworkers, if you take on a job or something like that, but the, the only other adults that you really look at besides your parents are your teachers. And, and this is, this is a unique situation where when it comes to the discussion of mental health and, you know, everything in between is it goes beyond being a teacher and it's to what extent can I be available for another person? And I think as a teacher, that is a, a really hard thing. And obviously I'm not a teacher, so I have no idea what that's like, but not only are you a teacher, but you are an adult in this person's eyes and, and they look up to you and it's in a certain way. And it's important to recognize that even as a coach too. I mean, there, I, I mean, I, we idolized you guys. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'd be, I'd be it hurts me to admit that, but we did. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we do. And, you know, and Rhodes, like, especially in high school, like I look up to you and I look up to Nas like so much. I was like, these are adults that are acknowledging my problems and making them feel mm -hmm. valid. And, you know, sometimes I, it's okay when your parents don't agree with you and, and, and it's hard too. you know, you, there's, it, it sucks, but straight up, there's certain things that you just can't go to your parents about. Mm -hmm. My parents are the most open people in the world. And there's even certain things that I feel like I cannot talk to them about. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to talk to them about like literally anything, maybe too much, but your teachers are that, that, that's that, you know, there's the front line and that's the teachers. And those are those second people that you are surrounded by that you're like, I could take this opportunity to talk to someone about this or I could keep it to myself. But also at the same time as a teacher, for both of you, you only know what we decide to tell you. And so it, it's really hard to not put that guilt on yourself. Like, oh, I should do more. I should be better because you only know the story that we give you. And if, and if we decide not to talk to you, that's on us. Mm -hmm. And I, and I cannot blame you guys for not knowing the situation, not knowing the problem, because you only know as much as you are told. And I think that's a really difficult position to put a teacher in because you're compromising. I'm a teacher, but I'm also a, a person too. And I'm also an older person. I'm here for you also. That goes beyond any pay grade that you could get, honestly. So you, you guys said a lot of stuff that I kind of wanted to address here. I, I know the first thing is just kind of going with one of the last things Olivia said is it's true. Like it's as teachers, we can only kind of work with what kids give us, but I think it's, it's on us. It's on teachers to try and make sure we're trying to build positive relationships with students so that they feel comfortable going to us. I know like for me, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to become a teacher is I know like high schools, high school was not like necessarily the easiest time for me. Like my, my parents got divorced while I was in high school, which I struggled with quite a bit, uh, which, you know, that's going to be tough for my dad to hear as, as he listens to this right now. Um, but you know, I, there was an adults there that really helped me through stuff uh, when that was going on. That's what I, you know, try to be. But, you know, during the day you're there, like stuff's going on in your life. Like I'm dealing with stuff also. Like you're not always there for kids as much as you want to be. And I think 
sometimes like unfortunately you need reminders that you, you like you need to try to make sure you're there and try to doing stuff that's that's theirs to support kids and stuff um and then i yeah going back to what cindy said earlier it's talking about my feeling is something that i'm very very bad at uh in fact like going to Nas's whole thing like Nas loved asking kids questions about themselves like he would just like constantly pepper kids like all the time with questions and like for me I always hated asking people questions because I never wanted them to ask me a question I like I hate answering personal questions like students and stuff might feel like they know me pretty well but like I share like a very small percentage of like stuff that's like actually going on with me I'm generally a pretty guarded person with my feelings and like kind of from Nas and other stuff like it's super uncomfortable for me to ask people questions about themselves like I know that's what to like help kids out you got to do stuff like that um and like so for mental health stuff I, I think schools i think we do a, a pretty bad job of it i think like talking about it's kind of the first thing like destigmatizing stuff kind of the idea that there's so many people that are going through things i think they're you know i think there's some small health curriculum like there's only a certain amount where like we're legally allowed to talk about in regards to those things but i think that I schools think helping to do good. a better job of telling kids that's something that a lot of people are going through um, something that I don't think I mentioned with any of you guys before is that like for your senior year of high school, like my wife was going through like a lot of you know, some, some issues then like she actually moved back to Charlotte to a home and was like in like an in treatment facility for a couple months. Uh, just kind of, you know, she was dealing with a lot of like with doing a lot of stuff also. So kind of like through her and like kind of learning about a lot of stuff through her, I felt that it's kind of made me a lot better in terms of like being able to relate to people and some of the problems they're going through. But like even that, like, it's just tough to, it's, it's tough, you know, for guys to, especially to, to share their feelings and share like what's going on with them and everything. Uh, and I think that the more that we can do as like, as staff and as adults to kind of tell kids that that that's okay, like you stuff's allowed to not be okay. And just because like, you know, yeah, sure. Like somebody else might have, you know, cancer, somebody else might have like something else that you can see. It doesn't make your problems like any less meaningful. Like just because you're going through stuff, like, the stuff in your bucket is no less important than the stuff that someone else is going through too. Uh, I think that's you know, important for kids to understand that like not only are their problems valid, but like you don't need to play like a comparison game between like whose problems is worse. Like your problems might seem like the biggest thing in the world to you. And if that's what they are, then that's like, that's what you're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, you can't treat them like it is the biggest problem yeah. in the world because that's what yeah, we shouldn't undermine people. And I, I think it's, it's so important to remember that, whatever anyone is feeling, whether it's like, oh, I freaking got a parking ticket or my brother committed suicide, like all of those problems are so valid in their own ways. And, you know, um, I, def I, I saw a therapist like this last semester and something he pointed out was just like, everybody's, you know, everybody has something on their plate, but not only does everyone have something on their plate, but everybody's plates are different. You know, they're different sizes, different shapes. And what I'm going through may not necessarily be what Cindy's going through, but my problems are valid just as much as hers are. And I think the biggest thing as public education, even high school education that we can talk about is creating an atmosphere to be able to have those conversations. Because, yeah. you know, like I said, just because you're going through something alone doesn't mean you have to feel alone while you go through it. And I think that's like the biggest thing I could say out of everything. I'd also like that. to throw out that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255, and the designated number as of last month is 988. It's a little quicker, a little, little shortcut. All right. But there's always someone you can talk to. If it's not your friend, if it's not your family, it's someone. I mean, hell, do you guys want my phone number? I'll give it to you. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll talk to anyone who needs it. You know, I, I'm not an advocate. I'm not this 
this god figure because yeah, I've like, been not doing anything yeah. anyways. It, literally, I'm not doing anything. Call us. We're, we're on podcast, you guys, for God's sake. All right. Well, if any of our listeners want uh, Sydney or Olivia's phone numbers, let, let us I'm know. Not. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not for I don't think we need to throw this out there for everybody. Um, no. <laughs> now that we've had some good conversation with Sydney and Olivia, we're going to transition to one of our favorite games on the podcast. Coming up next, we're going to play our fan favorite, Guess That Artist. Welcome back. Today, our guests, Olivia and Cindy, will compete against Will to see who is the best at identifying the artist of specific songs. I will play a 15-second clip of the song, and the player whose turn it is will then have to identify the individual or group who sang that song. If they do not get it, the other players can guess, but will not get credit for correct answers. There will be five rounds with four different categories, and you get to choose which category you want your fifth song from. The categories are the 1980s, Rhodes' High School Jams, songs that I loved during high school, 2013 and 14, songs that came out during your freshman year of high school and will in my first year of teaching, and the last category is I used to be in a band, solo artists who used to be in a group. So... Round one, the 1980s. Olivia, we are going to start with you. Wait, so I can't buzz in or anything? No, no, yeah, it's just, just for her. Well, I don't know how you would buzz in right now anyways, but yes, no, no, no buzzing in, no. Roads. I could do it. Anyways, on Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Thank you. All right. Correct. So, sorry, the audio was not up to your elite standards. My bad. Playing this through my computer. Uh, but Olivia, you are correct. All right, Sydney, your round one song is coming up. So I will say before you guess, I did see you ask Olivia, who is this? And then Olivia say, I won't tell you. So. <laughs> I know the song. I don't know the artist, though. Do you have a guess? Come on, bro. Just think. Ugh. From the 80s? Mm-hmm. Come on. Powerful voice. Oh, come on. Powerful voice. Janet Jackson? Nat- national anthem, right? Didn't she sing, like, one of the Jackson? best? Janet Jackson is not correct. Olivia, you want to hold her <laughs> Who is it? Uh, is that, wasn't that Whitney? Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney Houston. Okay. Yes! Yes, you sucked. <laughs> <laughs> You're not good at this game. Oh, you have to Better out. way of saying that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Will, here is your first song in the category. About Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jackie gonna be a football star. Oh yeah, life goes on. No, we can't hear us. We're on mute. Uh, I'm muted. Oh my God, we're not. Is that uh, is that Tom? <laughs> is that Tom Petty? It is not Tom Petty. It is Jack and Diane by. Oh no, I can tell you. John Mellencamp. Oh, dude, I was thinking that in the back of my head, dude. Honestly, I was like, it's, uh, whatever. Yep. All right. Well, after round one, Olivia was the only one to get hers right. 
She is up one to nothing to nothing. Round two, Sydney's up first. Uh, these could be more difficult than I expected after testing them out on Claire earlier. Uh, these are songs that were baller when I was in high school. So you can see how not <laughs> what really was. Uh, so Sydney, you are you're up first. You were like five when the song came out. You, you should know that. Uh, all right. What'd you say? It's the killers. It is. So yeah, you, you gotta wait till the song is done playing before you start talking. You're just kind of screaming over the. <laughs> but you are correct. So okay. that's your first point. Tying up Olivia. Uh, Will, you are up next. I saw a tweet about this song yesterday, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. <coughs> oh, wow. That helps me so much. Oh my gosh. Call a friend. I definitely do not know the correct answer. Either of you know it? Is it is it uh, to, uh, Tommy Eats World or uh, Jimmy Eats World is the Jim, band? Yeah, and Jimmy Eats. That's not correct. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I that's that's who I thought it was. So uh, the the correct answer is Yellow Card. Yeah, none of you knew that one. No, no. no. Uh, Olivia, here is your song in the round. Try to move ahead of Sydney here. Oh gosh. Okay, it's by Lincoln Park. I don't. That, that's all you need. All you need is the artist. You don't need the name of the song. Too. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park is correct. Yes, you guys suck. <laughs> you have definitely been the most animated person that has played this this game against me and the other uh, podcast guests. That modest celebration. You are up two to one over Cindy, and Will is yet to get on the scoreboard. So round three is songs that were that came out during your freshman year of high school. Got it. All right, so kind of around that time. So, Will, you were up first this round. Trying to get on the board, huge one for you. You could have given somebody else yellow card and me Lincoln Park, but whatever. Let me be She's an icon, Will. Oh, yeah, she was an icon for that CD and hasn't done anything since. That's key. That's true. She literally hasn't done a single thing since then. That's the reason why I can't remember the name. Oh, I want to feel really stupid when one of you guys say the name. I I can't think of it because she literally hasn't done anything in like six years. Yeah. Don't be bitter because you don't know who she is. Bitterness is not a good color on you, Will. (laughs) Ah, funny. Funny, funny, funny. Uh, All right. Do y'all want to give the answer because he doesn't know it? Lord. Yeah. Lord. That sounds about right. Yep. All right. Yeah, Lord, I'm terrible. Lord. I'm waiting for Olivia just to say suck it again. Lord, you're in bad shape. All right. Olivia, <laughs> you are up here to extend your lead. 
perfect so far. Let's see if you keep it going. God, I have no idea. Like SZA, I have no idea. That is the most disrespectful thing. Sia, Sia, I have no idea. What? Demi Lovato? Oh. Right. Demi Lovato. So with that, Cindy, you got a chance to tie it up right here. Uh, let's see what your song is here. My song's Fallout Boy, final Fallout answer. Boy. What is Fallout Boy? <laughs> you at the uh, Fallout Boy Wiz Khalifa uh, concert at Walnut Creek? Oh yeah, I did go to that. I, I was there too, so no big deal. Oh, we didn't see each other. I think I tried to stay as purposely far away from any potential high schoolers as possible, so. Understandable, I'm sure I did Don't too. Don't go to poll three. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a joke I get, sure. Uh, but after round two, Sydney and Olivia tied at two, Will has zero. Fuck it, Will. Yeah. Here we go. The third round now, is, or the fourth round, is I used to be in a band about people who used to be in a band but have solo careers now. Olivia, you are up first. Great. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani is correct. Retaking the lead. Will just shaking his head at every answer that he knows besides the ones that I give him. So we'll see if that continues this round. All right, Cindy, you are up here. You need this one to stay tied. Watch it be Justin Timberlake. All right, well, it was going to be Justin Timberlake. I have to do a different song. <laughs> she knows you. I knew it. She knows that. You, you, you gave, oh my gosh, Gwen uh, Stefani was, and JT. Like, I would have known those answers. All right, I'm going to give you a different one. Oh, what is that? Exactly. Thank you, Sydney. I've never heard of that in my life. Uh, all right. I'm going to give you a different one, Sydney. You got a more difficult one for. You gave them Whitney Houston and he gave me John Mellicamp? Like, come <laughs> on, man. Oh, my God. Cindy, what's your guess? You got a guess. Five seconds. Give me a hint. No, just say it. You, uh, um, say what you said originally. Go, go, go. Three, what did I say? The two. Beatles? What did I say originally? That's what you said. That's what you said. The Beatles. Um, no, who's that dude that you like? That's what she said. She the Beatles. It's, it's a person who used to be in a group. Oh, I can't give you the name. That's not fair. Yeah, it's one of the people... Imagine, no. I, you, the more you people. say it, the more you don't want to hear it. But what is it called? <laughs> John Lennon! John, John Lennon! Lennon. Uh, all right. After that incorrect answer, Will, you have a chance here to get your first one. Let's see if you can get it. Oh, man. I, I don't even care anymore. This is this has gone completely sideways. It has gone a little off the rails. <laughs> we need this guy to, to bring us back. Um, 
Judging by the confused look on your face, I maybe should have done his more popular song. <laughs> I thought the more popular song might be too easy to so with this song instead. I, I mean, like, you you can play the more popular song, but, like, who the hell is that? Uh, I'll play his more popular song to see if you know who this is Ooh, now. I don't know who that was. Me either. I, I think the girls were, like, dancing like they knew what was going on, but no, they, they had no clue. We were like, but I have no idea who that was. Absolutely. Oh, dude, like all the songs that you play are all like awesome songs at like the piano bar. They're like one hit wonders. That's what they are. I, I still like I know the song because it's got the drums at like halfway through the song and it just gets you like into it. But I don't I don't know the answer. I don't know the artist. We do a YouTube now. I don't know who it is. Wait, is the name of the song Africa? No, that's my name. That's That's Phil Collins. Yeah, I didn't want to do that, but yes, right. that exact now, moment I knew. One round left. Olivia's beating Sydney by one. Sydney, will let you get, I'll let you choose which category uh, you want here. So you have the four, the '80s, my high school jams, 2013, or I used to be in a band. You can choose whichever category you want. Cause you gotta try to tie up Olivia. Uh, choose your high school jams for her. No, this is for you. This is oh, for you. I'm sorry. Okay, I thought you were saying for me. Um, I'll do. Um, when we were in high school, that one. All right. So this is a song from your freshman year of high school. Here, you so need this. I'm, I'm picking it. I'm. Okay. Yeah, Sydney. This is for you. This, you're guessing, Sydney. Maroon 5. Maroon 5 is correct. So tying it up. Uh, Olivia, what, what category do you want? Same category. Let's go. Sure, we're going off the rails. The rules, we might as well let you do that too. Uh, so let's see. This is for the win. If you get this correct, you win. I'm gonna go with Meg the Trainer. Why are you acting like her name's Meg the Stallion? No, Meg the Trainer, bro. Megan the Trainer. Uh, that's close enough. It's Megan Trainer. There's no the in there. But... No, no way that's going to count. Meg the Trainer. Megan the Trainer. It's Megan Trainer. Yeah, there's no Megan the. So no way that counts. Well, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't want to get fought through our video um, stream, so I'm going to uh, give her the point. Yeah, so we'll... You got the last name. Generally, we say last name's good enough. So just by Megan Trainer, she, she said one. she said Meg. She said Trainer. Just because she added a the in the middle, Sydney. Just just accept the loss, like I did four rounds ago. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Olivia, yeah. you are the champion of the uh, 
Nothing I'm not used to. <laughs> Being the winner. Just like, oh, the crown on your head. It's just like the civics class election all over again. I am the winner, clearly. There you go. I'm good at everything. But we appreciate all the uh, the good conversation and you guys taking the time out of your day to be on the podcast with us. So we appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. It thank was you. a good platform. Thank you. Thanks for our guests coming on to the podcast today. But now me and Rhodes get to move on to our draft. And based on naming that artist, we're going to move into a draft where you might have heard these songs in these locations when we draft our best grocery stores coming up next. While I was out of town, the second Wegman Blue Triangle opened up near me, with one coming to Holly Springs, I want to say sometime next year. So we figured this is a great time to do a draft of the best supermarkets. For whatever reason, Carrie is like the epicenter of the grocery store universe. I think there's like 15 different chains within about 12 minutes of me. I could literally shop at every store that I wanted to. I could spend like, I do like one different store every single day for a month. Uh, so this is a pretty tough draft board to make. I have the first pick today, uh, and with the first pick, I'm going to go with not a traditional grocery store in the sense, uh, kind of more of a warehouse superstore. Uh, the cheapest lunch you'll ever get, uh, and that's even not even counting the free samples you get. For my first pick, I'm going to go with Costco. Okay, good. I, I was a little concerned about where you're going with that pick. So, okay, all right, I can I can deal with that. What, why why was Costco your first your first pick? I mean, so I guess it's not necessarily as big of a deal now because you can't do samples. But they have great samples. Uh, the cafeteria is great. Uh, there's a lot of like good products that I like that you can only get at Costco. Like there's like some like kind of Asian sauce that I like. Uh, my favorite type of chili you can only buy at Costco. There's just a lot of good stuff you can get there. And like buying in bulk really does save you. Like my 36 packs of Mountain Dew that uh, Alec really enjoys watching me drink. Uh, like super, super cheap at Costco. So you can just, it's just a, it's just a great store to walk around. All right. Uh, I might have put that later on my draft board, depending on, you know, where we were going with it. But I definitely would not have picked that with my first pick. So I'm glad you have given me the opportunity to pick my first pick. And this is, I'm not going to say a, a newer chain, but it's something that's becoming a more popular chain in North Carolina. Um, recently, I think they opened one like right across the street from where you live. Uh, I think one has recently opened up in Apex. And when I traveled to Oak Island, they even have one there. So it's definitely something that's becoming a lot more popular. Uh, I think it's a better version of Harris Teeter where you can get great subs and some other food um, while you, you know, shop. And then there's obviously good selection of items as you go grocery shopping. So my first pick is going to be Publix. Yeah, Publix is great. There's literally one like right like in our parking lot pretty much. That's probably the grocery store I go to the most often. Uh, I agree. Subs are great. It's just not just number one because it doesn't have some of the staples I'd want like in a regular grocery store. So that's kind of why it slips slightly on my board. Uh, do you want to say, what's, what's your second pick? Uh, for my second pick, I think I'm going to go with Harris Teeter. Uh, I know that's a very similar pick to Publix. Um, but the reason why I'm saying this, and obviously when you tweet this out, no one's going to listen to what I'm saying, but Kroger had a lot of great like selection on stuff, right? And Harris Teeter bought out Kroger. So I feel like since Harris Teeter bought out Kroger, I feel like their selection of meats have, have actually improved. And I actually like going to Harris Teeter to, to buy like chopped meats, you know, whether it's fish or any other 
you know, poultry, beef, whatever. I just like their their slice of meats at Harris Teeter now. Um, even though when you tweet this out, no one's going to pay attention. So I probably just lost the draft with that pick. Uh, so I honestly had Harris Teeter above Publix in my rankings. They're they're like two and three for me. Uh, Harris Teeter is a great grocery store. Like great, they have a little bit of everything. Uh, and that's kind of like for a general shopping trip, like a big time shopping trip, which I've done a lot of during the last four months. That's the um, that's the place I like to go to. So I, I think that's a good pick. So two more picks for me. I really thought that you'd leave me either Publix or Harris Teeter. That that puts a I count like my specialty warehouse store. So I really was hoping to get one of those two generic grocery stores. Well, that that's honestly like I thought you were going to go with Publix first, and that's the reason why I was shocked you went Costco because I know Publix is right across the street from you. So <sighs> so all right. So I guess I'm going to. All right, so I'm going to go a different direction for my next two picks. Uh, I guess I'm just not going to go traditional grocery store because some other places I just am not a huge fan of. So for my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, Trader Joe's. Uh, I know people, some people love Trader Joe's. Uh, I don't love it. I like it fine. Uh, but Trader Joe's has, like, great frozen food, uh, like really, really good different frozen foods. Uh, and they have, like, some really good specialty stuff there as well. Like, I would not want Trader Joe's to be, like, my home grocery store. I know my sister kind of suffered through that for a couple of years. But, like, as a great place to go to pick stuff up, like, there's some great stuff that only uh, Trader Joe's has. Yeah, I definitely I definitely think that, like, we talked about Publix and Harris Teeter. I feel like that's more of a you need to go grocery shopping and just get a bunch of general stuff. I think with Trader Joe's, like, you need to know what is the specialty item that you're looking for to go there because I, I – I wouldn't shop there any other way. All right. For my next pick, uh, I think there's something else that I'm not worried about you taking. So I'm going to go with a different direction here. Uh, I'm going to go with my next pick. I'm just going to go Whole Foods. <laughs> Might as well just go the specialty way. Trader Joe's, the cheap version. Whole Foods, the expensive version. Uh, I don't go there a lot. <clears throat> but a big Whole Foods, like all their great prepared foods is really good. Uh, you get fresh pasta, fresh other stuff. Everything's super healthy, which after my tough workouts of, you know, dancing at weddings and walking the dog, I need some healthy food. Uh, so whole foods is next up for me. Oh man. That, that, that's the gut punch. Like that was the one that I was hoping because you, you went with your first pick. I was like, okay, maybe I'll get whole foods after Trader Joe's, but, oh man. Wow. That that's going to throw me for a little bit of a loop here. Uh, for my third pick, I think I'm going to go, I want to provide the listeners with an option to to shop cheap and to potentially have an opportunity to maybe not get the best selection or have variety in their selection, but to go somewhere where they can get cheaper items. So I'm going to go with a growing chain, one of the fastest growing chains in the entire country. Yes, there was an article that came out. Aldi is one of the best new up and coming chains of grocery stores in the entire country okay i i know that all the open up like right next to where i used to live in durham uh, i went there one time and i was not uh, a fan i probably like it better now going back now i think i was just like so shocked because it's very different from a general grocery store experience that kind of like winds you through there and it's like only store brands and that's just not what i was yep. expecting uh but i've only been inside once and I, and I did not care for it but i'm sure i'd like it more now yeah, like the, the article that I was talking, I don't know what grocery store you were thinking I was going to say because you look a little upset that I was going in that direction. But um, I read an article about how like Aldi was very uh, like big in Germany and some of the, like uh, European countries. 
and now that it's coming over here they were saying about like how millennials are starting to shop there more often because it's cheaper and it's quicker shopping because you go in like you said and you can only go like four aisles so like you're in you're out and it's quick shopping so you're starting to see a lot of aldi's in like cities because they're usually smaller grocery stores so people are um starting to to utilize it a little bit more often yeah and i don't i don't like quick shopping trips like when i go like i love like wandering up and down each aisle taking forever uh which i do less of now obviously since i don't want to be inside a grocery store for an hour and a half but uh that takes away a lot of the fun for me in shopping Whew. i i think if with my last pick i have to compete with costco and even though you have to have a subscription or you have to be a member of costco or you have to be a member of this place I think in order for me to have a chance at winning this draft, I have to go this way. So I'm going to go with BJ's as my last pick because you're able to kind of get a little bit of everything. But when you go to shop, you're, you're shopping in bulk as well. So I do think Costco is the better option, but I do think BJ's is worth the trip if you're looking for that bulk shopping. Okay. Yeah. I've never been inside of BJ's. I assume it's something like Costco. So. Um, my last pick, I kind of want to pick a traditional grocery store, but like Food Lion, I've, I'm too bougie to shop at Food Lion. Uh, and same Dude, I, I shop at Food Lion all the time because it's the most uh, convenient for me. So I, I can't talk I just, I never was, I've always been like right next to a Harris Teeter so I, or a Publix now. So like those are closer to me than Food Lion is. Even like Lowe's also. I've been inside Lowe's. They have like good cookies and stuff. I've never really like shopped at Lowe's like for shopping purposes. So I'm not going to go with either one of those. Um, my last pick. So when you were talking about discount food, I thought you were going to say this. Uh, this is actually a place I hit up sometimes when I first, after I first kind of graduated college before I started my auditing job, this is actually where I used to shop because it was the cheapest. And like, it's amazing how cheap stuff is here. Like stuff is, you know, like always a dollar or two, at least cheaper than Harris Teeter. It's amazing how cheap stuff is. So just like, because of that, I sometimes go here to get food. Uh, just like, it's just so cheap. Uh, and my last pick is going to be Walmart. Oh, it's so, I, deep. so two things you're talking about the Harris Teeter. I used to have a Harris Teeter right beside me and I would go to Harris Teeter all the time because I could just take one turn. I was there and then they moved into the Kroger location after they bought them out. So they moved further away. So damn you Harris Teeter for, for buying out Kroger and making me shop at food line. Cause I refused the, the extra two minute drive, but Walmart, like my roommate, used to work at Walmart as like a shelf stalker. He literally shops at Walmart all the time. And it's, it's super convenient. Like you said, like the prices are a little bit better and they do have a decent selection. Like there's no doubt about it. Like he definitely goes to, to Walmart. Now I'm going to, you know, go to Harris Teeter or Publix more often than not. But I will say that Walmart, very solid choice, my man. Do you know what? The fact that he worked at Walmart and is willing to shop there, that's a positive for me as well. Uh, so make sure you vote on who you think had the best supermarket draft uh, at marketing underscore HSHS on Twitter. Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast and we'll catch you guys next week.